special report. Neil Armstrong may have seen extraterrestrials on the moon. When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen. All the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to another installment of Full Spectrum Universe. Everybody, everybody, do we have an awesome show for you today. What I'm doing here is, I know we do a lot of a lot of guests, a lot of interviews. Lately, I've been uh, coming to the conclusion that you guys don't really know a lot about me and what we do and the things that I love. So what I'm doing today is I'm actually going to be talking about two things that I completely love, and I'm going to bring them together. It's history and paranormal activity. So putting those together is we're going to be exploring paranormal activity throughout history. And when I mean talking about history, I'm talking about myths, legends, Greece, Egypt, uh, the Romans, the 1800s, the 1700s. I mean, we can, we're going to go through the gambit. I've got a ton of, of stories for you guys. Uh, happy Saturday to everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get to that, I do have some announcements that I want to make. Um, first and foremost, I would like to thank Dave Oliver and Eric McGill at RU Media for letting me do this every Saturday night. It is truly an honor and a privilege to be here. This is something that I love to do so much. So, in the essence of that, what I've done now is I'm moving towards another step in um, basically getting out there more and, and making our broadcast more known, you know, and getting us to a point where we can be sustainable on any platform at any time. Also, what I want to do is I'm a big guy. I'm big into articles and reading. And I know some people out there are as well. So not only just investigations, I apologize. I'm all disheveled. I ran to make sure I was here on time. Regardless. So what I'm doing right now is I'm working on a project and I am creating a website and the website is full spectrum universe. It is literally full spectrum. I don't know what the exact website name is. I'm going to try and get it to be full spectrum universe.com. It should be ready in about a month and a half to two months, but it's taking a while. And I'm going to tell you why it's taking a while. One thing we're going to do is we're going to have a section of just straight news, right? We're going to have you so you can basically enter your email and we will do a email blast once a week or once a month. I haven't decided yet. And it's going to essentially give you all the up-to-date news, not just paranormal news, because paranormal news, while it is important, um, I want to do all news. Full Spectrum Universe is literally a brand. Yes, it is the name of this show, but this is the flagship show of the brand. Therefore, we are named after the brand. That's why we have a Full Spectrum Universe company page. Um, so with that being said, what I'm looking for now is if there's anybody out there who has an interest in being any kind of journalist of any facet, whether it be uh, paranormal, ufology, supernatural, myths, legends, politics, we want to run the gambit. We want a whole section of places where people can go and find the type of news that they like. I can only do so much by myself. I need writers. 
to help me with that. So if you are a journalist or somebody who just has, has a passion for writing, please contact me. I am Rob Yox on Facebook. You can email me at robyox2525 at gmail.com um, or go to the Full Spectrum Universe page where you can leave a message as well. Uh, yeah, because I want to get the, what I want to do is I want this to be not just a show. I want it to be a brand that encompasses all forms of media. We are becoming a media platform in that itself. Also, when we get that um, when we get that specific uh, website done, we're also thinking about actually uh, featuring other shows on that specific website as well, as well as some of our other groups that are, you know, it could be beneficial. Also, on the opposite side of that, if you if you have a business and want to sponsor the website and or a show, please contact me. We'd be more than willing to work with you where we can promote your business on the website at all times. So anybody who flows through there can get you can get your name out, whether it be anything that has to do with paranormal or any other kind of business. We're always looking for help. We're trying to grow, grow, grow. It is a big, big deal to me because I want this to be something that we can all look back at and say, wow, that really was kind of, it got it got really big really quick. And at the same time, it's you, the people that we want to please and or uh, basically give all that we have to. So with that being said, you know, I also have a PayPal, which is PayPal at RobYox2525. If you would like to donate to help get this platform up and running. We'd be more than happy. Uh, every little bit helps, whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever the case may be. Uh, I will be. I will do something special for all those people who do donate. Uh, we are looking for that help because we are becoming a media company that is going to take it to the next level. And the reason why I'm doing that is, you know, when you watch the news today, you don't hear things about paranormal and UFOs and things like that, which hurts my heart because that's the stuff that's near and dear to me. But also with headline media news, you don't know if you can trust all of them the way that you want to. One thing I will give you is that there is a mandate if you are going to be a writer is to be fair and balanced on this specific platform. We call things right down the middle, whether it be a conspiracy theory or a paranormal experience. Uh, we want to be open minded. We want to be unbiased to everybody. We want to hear everybody's story. Also, when we do this website, if you have a certain story and you don't want to come on to the platform here and give it to us, you can put that in written form now, and people can learn about your uh, basically your story, but while you remain anonymous at the same time, it gives us a lot of options to help people out and uh, you know, essentially get more stories out there where people can relate to, so you can be linked up with like-minded people. I think that that is so important in today's time, and uh, just to find people who feel the same way you do and really get those messages out there, you know? So enough about self-branding. What I want to do is if you know RU Media, you know that they have been putting on cons for uh, they had their first Mad Con a while back or the third Mad Con. I apologize. They're doing an FCI con. So now they are accepting vendors. I want to put this up for everybody to see. I will be attending probably both of those, uh, if not at least one. As a vendor, we will be there with merch. We will be there to uh, encompass and say hi to the whole family. This is a family affair. I heard Adam talking about it last night on uh, our Paranormal Podcast, which is a great show on this channel. You should check that out as well. Um, I want to give my hats off to all the people who have a show on this channel. I see that everybody here puts the work in to make their their shows the best that they could possibly be. Um, 
So a shout out to all those people. But what I want you guys to see is that, you know, you can be a part of this too. We want this to grow as a family. They want people out there. They didn't ask me to promote this, but I feel that from what I saw of the first one on video, that I am definitely going to take part in the in the uh, first of the uh, FCI con and the fourth of the Mad Con. We are going to be there out there with the guys, with Dave and Eric and 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 the Goos and everybody else. So please do uh, do your diligence and try and make it to these events. This is for vendors right now. I know it's still a ways away, but. You know, it's, it's going to be a pretty incredible trip. I think it's going to be something that we're all going to really, really love. It's going to be so much fun. I apologize. I'm still sharing this out to the proper channels. I like to share it out to as many people as possible so we can get our, uh, you know, get our, get our message out there to people so everybody can watch at the same time, too. I really love doing these shows, and I, I hope it shows when we do them. But what we're really going to be talking about today is something that I personally love, and that's history. And what better history to go over? The paranormal history, right? We we sit there and we're like, you know, uh, how many people could actually, you know, how many times do you think that ghosts have come up in all of the different uh, myths, legends, you know, things like that? There's quite a bit of uh, there's quite a bit of, of stories out there that that we that we don't recognize because they're put in different formats, right? So let's say we're looking at specific things like, you know, ancient Greece. They don't see them as uh, entities and or paranormal activity. They see it as signs from the gods. So what we're going to do is we're going to be breaking down a lot of that stuff. And uh, I've got a little intro to it. it it's going to be a lot of fun. I really am going to enjoy this probably more than you are. But uh, that's just something that I love personally. It's it's truly going to be something great. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who came out tonight. I want to say hi to Michelle, Sky, Diana. Lori, Linda, and uh, Lori again. Yes, Lori, uh, it's going to be real, the real, real news. You know, it's going to be real news. Um, it's going to be all different facets of news. That's why I'm looking for all types of writers. So if you are a writer or anybody who just has an interest in becoming a writer, maybe this can be the platform that'll get you take to help you take off and hone your craft. We're a work in progress. We we make no light of that. We are always a work in progress. So, uh, Eric, deciphering my experience. How are you, bud? Great to see you. So, yeah, if you're interested, please uh, reach out to me. We would be more than happy to to talk. There's things that we can do eventually once we start getting paid a little more from it. But for right now, it'll hopefully be at just a, a love for what we do. So, with that being said, we're going to get to the history of ghost stories, right? So, since ancient times, ghost stories, tales of spirits who return from the dead to haunt the places they left behind has been figured prominently in the folklore of many cultures around the world. A rich subset of these tales involve historical figures ranging from queens, politicians, to writers, to gangsters, many of whom died early, violent, or, uh, you know, a mysterious type of death, you know. So let's go into what a ghost might be while we're talking about these specific times in history because when you're going through a lot of these historical stories and we're going to touch on a few stories too but going through these stories is they they come up as different words they're not just entities they're not just ghosts they're not just apparitions you know there's so many different classifications for them and you know this can be said a lot about uh extraterrestrial activity as well there's so many facets that 
basically that that when you're looking at these specific entities and or uh, encounters or experiences throughout folklore and, and myths and history, they're always named something different. You have to keep an eye out for them. I apologize, I'm going to be talking a lot, so I will be sipping the coffee and hitting the vape as we do this. But one of the names that they use is a specter. And a specter is like a shade. You know, they use shade, too, is another one. But the concept of ghosts is also known as a specter. It is based on the ancient idea that a person exists separately in his from his body or her body and may continue to exist after that person dies, as in the shell of somebody. Because of this idea, many societies began to use funeral rituals as a way of ensuring that dead person's spirits would not return to haunt the living. As we know, you know, if you are any anywhere in the paranormal, you understand that <clears throat> funerals are not the end. We know this, you know, we know this to be a fact. Funerals, there are many people who've gone through funeral ritual services yet have come back to do hauntings to to uh you know to basically just in, in affect people's lives you know and I, I, this is a broad topic so you know what i'm gonna, i'm going to be putting into the uh into the stream into the comments a uh, a link to come in if you want to come in and talk about this excuse me or just uh leave a comment so we can have a little bit of uh, dialogue back and forth these types of subjects I love to do with the audience. And this is one of the most interactive shows on the internet. Without you, we wouldn't be here. So if there's something that you feel that you want to say or come on and talk about, be my guest. Feel free. It is an open show. You know, there is no specific narrative that we're trying to uh, to get through. What we want to do here is we want to explore it all. You know, so exploring it is really what it comes down to. So I'm going to put it now. So it's um history is a fascinating thing and uh what 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 we look at with history is there's so many different um types of of written history and they always say that history is written by the victor right so one thing i do when i'm researching <clears throat> these specific ghost stories and or history itself i try and find as many accounts of that specific situation as i can and what it is, is you get a encompassing view of what these people were looking at going through or experiencing. Therefore, you can do your critical thinking skills, put it together and say, okay, well, if this is that and this is that, then it must have been some kind of experience like this. It gives you a broad understanding. A broader understanding gives you a g more general facts when you go into what you're talking about. So basically, there's, there's a question here. It says, did you know that the notorious mobster Al Capone has reportedly appeared to disrespectful visitors at his funeral plot in, in the Illinois cemetery in which he's buried? The spectral banjo music has supposedly been heard from coming inside Capone's old cell at Alcatraz as well, where he was one of the first inmates ever. So, you know, this is not uncommon when we go to a lot of places, you know, if, uh, I'm just typing it in a thing. Hang on for a second, and I will put the link in there. But, you know, we hear a lot of this stuff where people hear, they hear music, they hear uh, tapping, rapping, all types of things. They hear voices. <clears throat> all that is, you know, it's incredible because 
basically what that entity is doing is it's breaking its ethereal plane to become physical, whether it be a sound vibration or uh, vibrating the air around you to basically take their ethereal energy and transform it into sound, you know? So with that being said, it there is a lot of uh, distinctions throughout history where people have had these types of encounters. You know, a lot of Greek and, and Roman history talks about the gods coming down. You know, if you look at it from different point of views, and I'm not trying to, you know, um, talk badly about anybody's religion or, or their faith, if they believe in those uh, polytheistic views of life, you know, what if they were misinterpreted? What if they were ghosts of older people? Whenever they talk about uh, Odin or they talk about Zeus, they always talk about an old man with a white beard. I mean, there have been plenty of old men that, with white beards throughout history that have passed away. What if they were really envisioning an entity that came forward? You know, there's so many different ways to look at it. So everything we talk about tonight is not, I want it is factual in what they recorded. But I want you to keep an open mind because what it, there's more there than meets the eye. We don't know everything. We don't claim to know everything. So when we evaluate these situations, keep an open mind and think about what it would, you know, some of the things maybe outside the box that you think of the situation, maybe some different possibilities of what it could be. You know, things like this really uh, interest me. And I love it because I think that critical thinking is something that uh, in the community of paranormal Critical thinking and uh, objectivity to situations is amazing. And that's one of the things that actually brought me into the paranormal community. But f far from those supernatural experiences, there doesn't seem to be a lot of critical thinking but outside of the box thinking on top of that. You know, I've, as I do my studies and you get to these people who study science and straight history, you know, it is what it is. It is what the textbooks say. It is that it is. They can't fully explain it, but they'll take that and tell you that, that, you know, it's some kind of equation or, and I don't truly believe in all that. I believe, I believe in, you know, the uh, fundamentals of it, but I believe that there is a lot more out there than meets the eye, which is why we do this show to explore all those things. So places are haunted, uh, usually believed to be associated with some kind of occurrence or emotion in ghosts pasts. They are often a former home or a place where he or she died. Aside from the actual ghostly apparitions, traditional signs of hauntings range from strange noises, lights, odors, breezes, or the displacement of objects, bells that ring spontaneously, or musical instruments that seem to play on their own. Now, here's why I tell you all this. I know that most of you in this community know all about this stuff. But what I'm doing is I'm setting a, a defining factor for what we're looking at later in the show. I'm setting a parameter for what we will be exploring as paranormal activity. Now that is encompassing of what we're exploring, and you know that you can follow along better. So every time we look at something, and I hate to keep going off on tangents, but every time we look at something, like I said, we're looking at it objectively. So what we want to do is we want to set a parameter so we don't go too far off into the distance and lose focus on what we're talking about. So as we go further, there were early ghost sightings. In the first century AD, the great Roman and, uh, <clears throat> author and a statesman, Pliny <clears throat> the Younger, his name is Pliny the Younger, they used to give crazy names back then, recorded one of the first notable ghost stories in his letters, which became famous for their vivid account of life during the heyday of the Roman Empire. Pliny reported that the specter of an old man with a long beard 
and rattling chains was haunting his house in Athens. Now, this is where it gets a little hairy, right? We know that there was a time where the Greeks flourished, but this is during the Roman era, still in Greece, but in Rome, uh, but during the Roman Empire, which Greece was a part of the Roman Empire. So the Greek writer Lucian and Pliny's fellow Roman, Pliotus, also wrote memorable ghost stories. We will go into specifics later about these stories, but right now I'm just giving you a running timeline of, you know, basically of how some of these uh, different stories were presented at different times during history, because that is also one of the parameters that we're going to be setting here. So when we get that all encompassed and we, uh, we talk about it all, you'll be able to understand what we're looking at when I approach something. It's, it's, it definitely helps. It's like an experiment almost. You have variables, but those variables are set up by parameters. You know, and we know that there's a lot of stuff that exceeds the parameters of an experiment. We get that too, but for uh, time's sake, we're gonna we're gonna do this. You know, so centuries later, in 856 AD, the first poltergeist of a ghost that caused physical disturbances, such as loud noises and objects falling or thrown around, was reported at a farmhouse in Germany. The poltergeist tormented the family living there by throwing stones and starting fires, among other things. Now, here's where, you know, you look at this stuff and you say, that stuff could have happened earlier, right? Well, we know that recorded history before that was not so common, right? Hi, Michelle Perez. Uh, it, it wasn't so common, right? So now as we get closer into the early 1000 AD, you'll see that, Parchment was a lot easier to come by. Printing press was a lot. E well, there wasn't a printing press yet, but the press was an actual thing. And that's when these started, like these recordings of it became more prolific. What's going on, Jason? Evening to you, too. They became more prolific, but they also started to get more frequent because they had more of an ability to write them down. So it's it's. it becomes awesome. I remember when I was a kid, not to go off topic real quick. I used to read the Farmer's Almanac. I don't know if you if you know what the Farmer's Almanac is. The Farmer's Almanac was trends in the ways, if you're from the, the country and out in uh, Iowa, Nebraska, Oklahoma, you probably know what it is. They used to dictate weather patterns. They used to have stories. I believe in the 1800s during the first, it was 1856, if I'm not mistaken. If you know the answer and I'm wrong, please correct me. Crystal, how you doing? Um, I believe that the first UFO sighting was actually written down and uh, put into a story about a UFO in Nebraska over a farmhouse. So these farmers almanacs, not only did they uh, <clears throat> predict the weather, they gave you patterns and how people were growing their crops in the Midwest, but they also gave you stories. They used to come out, I believe it was once a year, once every two years. So these, you know, and back during those times, books weren't, accessible like they are now people would have to go far and wide or into a city to grab a book and it would cost them money that they probably didn't have so these farmers almanacs were sent out to all these farmers and what they did was they took these stories and then they became like campfire stories right so campfire stories and word of mouth was one of the biggest ways that before written press and books were so easily accessible you know accessible 
this is how word got around. This is how all of our old ghost stories made their way onto these websites that you see today. So this is all relative information. And not only that, when you explore what some of these people went through in these early times, and you look at some of the hauntings and investigations that you do now, it kind of gives a correlation. Now, with these correlations, you're going to make your own assumptions of how they're relevant to whatever you're doing, because there's so many encompassing subjects that if I was to tell you that this was this and this was that, you would say, well, how do you know? And I don't, so I'm not going to speak on it intelligently, but you know, it, there's, there is a lot to get off of these. So one thing I wanted to go over, and this is another uh, in, uh, indication of how these stories were presented through time, where the three, there was three famous historical ghost stories that stand out to me through the Farmer's Almanac and doing research. So we're going we're gonna to touch on them frequently, uh, very quickly. What we're going to do is we're going to go, we're going to do broad topics. And later on, what we're going to do is we're going to get into specifics a little bit more. We're going to go into specific stories that uh, basically show, you know, it came once a year. All right. So Farmer's Almanac came once a year. Thank you, Jason. Awesome, awesome info. So how you doing, Willow, over on YouTube? Yeah, I, I just want to thank you guys for showing up, man. I love doing this and seeing you all out there is making my heart really warm, and I appreciate it. And, and I love you guys, man. Without you guys, I wouldn't be here. I do this for you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being a part of this. It's, it's truly special to me, you know. That was up to about 15 to 20 years ago. So they had the Farmer's Almanac up to about 15 or 20 years ago is what you're saying, Jason, right? Answer that in the comments. That's that's incredible because I know it started in, in the early 1800s, maybe even the late 1700s. When uh, No, more than the 1800s because of the Manifest Destiny. It was prop, but 1856 sticks out to me very, 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 like a lot. So there's three famous ghost, historical ghost stories that, are of famous people that stick out to me. One of the most frequent reported sightings or ghost sightings is in England, and it dates back to the 16th century. And it's Annie Bolin, the second or Anne Bolin, the second wife of King Henry VIII, and the mother of Queen Elizabeth I, who was executed at the Tower of London in May 1536 after being accused of witchcraft, treason, incest, and adultery. The sightings of Bowen's ghost have been recorded at the tower, as well as in various other locations, including a childhood home in Hever Castle in Kent. So, you know, back in the day, we know that, uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty crazy, you know, that the Tower of London, they always say is haunted. You know, there's always a mythos about the Tower of London. She is one of the people that, you know, witchcraft was also big from the 1500s to, you know, 1800. Witchcraft, if you were a witch, if you were a witch and they saw you as a witch, you know, it was, you were getting burned at the stake or crucified. So, you know, that would be a tormenting death, which would lead you to be a specter in, uh, uh, you know, later on or a, an entity that roams the earth because of the way you passed. So there's so much that that, you know that history can incorporate with these with these uh with these types of stories and to me it's truly fascinating i love this stuff guys i really really do it's to me it's truly awesome so the second one that we're looking at is america's own rich tradition so we're now we're getting into the uh 
you know, the 1700, the late 1700s, early 1800s of the historical ghost, ghost begins with one of its most illustrious founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin, in the late 19th century, Franklin's ghost was near the library of the American Philo uh, Philosophical Society in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Some reports that the statue of Franklin in front of the society comes to life and dances in the streets. So, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty incredible. That I mean, it's a little fantastical, but we can't say whether they're true or not. So, these are like famous ghost sightings. So, now this gives us like a not a, not so much a timeline, but there there's nothing off limits when it comes to to hauntings. You could be a nobody that becomes a somebody because of the hauntings, or you could be a somebody that walks around these places that, you know, people catching glimpses of you. It's truly incredible. It's truly incredible. So here is, uh, we also have haunted places we're going to go over too, and then we're going to get into the stories a little bit, but this is just an overlay of what we're looking at. So this is the third story that sticks out to me, right? Through many ghost sightings have been reported at the White House in Washington, D.C. Over the years, perhaps no political figure has so frequent an appearance in the afterlife as Abraham Lincoln, the nation's 16th president who was killed and assassinated by an assassin's bullet in 1865. Lincoln, formerly a lawyer and congressman from Illinois, is said to have been seen wandering near the old Springfield Capitol building, as well as his nearby law offices at the White House. Everyone from the first ladies to the to uh to queens to prime ministers have reported seeing the ghosts the 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 the, uh, the ghost or feeling the presence of honest abe particularly during the administration of franklin delano roosevelt another president who guided the country through a time of great upheaval and war now here is where it gets dicey guys hi april how are you uh windsor castle is also very haunted yes 87 is a big deal for that but here's now, here's where I'm going to go into some real, this is going to be a little controversial as we get to it, but it's important to know, you know. So I believe, and this is only my belief, there is no fact behind this. This is only, only speculation, right? <clears throat> so during times of, of a lot of unrest, people's, the anxiety that, that comes along with that or the worry what it does is it lowers frequencies of people throughout the country. When those frequencies are lowered, the 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 gaps, we are the physical, um, let me backtrack a touch. So we are the physical barrier of the veil. The veil is basically, if we didn't have the, if we didn't vibrate as we vibrate, the veil would be accessible for all entities to come through at all times. But we vibrate at such a certain level, and our souls are somewhat, are somewhat of an energy that creates this that 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 has this veil, which is part of the belief why mediums they can their energy is so great that they can incorporate and see through the veil and talk to these other these people on the other side. So when there's great upheaval, the veil lowers, so the entities are more regular, are frequently coming through, or when there's great distress among many people, these entities know to come towards us and to interact with us because they're trying to guide us. So there's two schools of thought that this could possibly, you know, this could possibly be why that there's more interaction during times of, let's say, you know, uh, 
unrest or upheaval. But it's crazy because right now there's a lot of unrest in the United States. And I was watching uh, a lot of different videos, some of which on TikTok, some of which on YouTube. I saw that they captured a, it was like, it looked exactly like Abraham Lincoln in the background of a seminar. They were doing a public speech and he was sitting there with a phone. And the fact of the matter was he wasn't recording. He was holding the phone like this by his chest over his heart, trying to give a message. I don't know if it was ether real or physically real, but it's it creeped me the hell out. And But at the same time, it was awesome to see how, you know, what these these specific things like at work here, you know, and it's truly amazing that they that they would come back and visit and, you know, really touch touch with us, especially during upheaval times. That to me is, you know, truly remarkable. And the fact that they chose to go to that specific rally at that specific times to me shows that there is a great importance to that, you know, so. One of the things that we talk about when we go into hauntings or entities is the location. You know, there is a lot of locations that were haunted before these specters or these entities roamed them. They just became a part of them after their passing. So, you know, when I when there's like a lot of focus on uh, the places themselves, you know, I've uh, I've interviewed Dan Klaus, who is the uh, the Hinsdale House. Um, I've I've uh, interviewed the Welptons, who did the House in Between, that were working with these places that were you know one was the Welptons worked on one that was haunted for ten years, and the person maybe longer, but the person who lived there was having ten years of investigators come in and check it out, and sometimes it's the person itself. Other times, I believe it is where the place is. I didn't think it is the, the geographical location or the historical location, as in the geographical location of what I mean is there are ley lines. Ley lines are specific points or specific lines on the globe where energy is heightened. They see uh, electromagnetic frequencies heightened. Static energy is heightened. There's so many things that are heightened. And a lot of UFO encounters and a lot of hauntings fall on these specific lines because I don't know if, if there is if there is a uh, a portal that opens up during this time or you know what these ley lines have to do with with society you know so there is, or with that specific uh, with that like with that specific haunting there's so many things that that coincide with each other that. I truly believe that it's like, it's, it's exceptional, man. Like there's really like, it's really, really exceptional that if, or man, I say, man, it's just like a thing I say, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm human too. I just have, I say man a lot. I know there are females out there. I apologize. Uh, but I'm not calling you man. I will say ladies and gentlemen now on, but, uh, Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for the 99 shares. If you, if you have an opportunity to share this out, please, Please do because sharing this out is very difficult for me because I only give you a certain amount of uh, there's only a certain amount of um, shares you can do before they shut you down. So please like it, share it. 
Also, I want to ask one more favor, and that would be to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I know I haven't uh, plugged a little bit about that, but if you aren't a member of this channel already, please, we're trying to, uh, you know, affect the YouTube algorithm. And uh, basically, I'm going to put it in the chat here for you. And uh, please subscribe to it because we want to we want to reach as many people as we can. I feel like this information should get out. Also, we're going to, like I said, with the website, we're going to be doing big things. So we want to get as many people as we can to uh, to get on board with this and uh, really help us get to the next level. I mean, there's a lot of big things coming up for me, hopefully, in the future. And I'm not bragging about it. Uh, I've just been doing a lot of work to get there. And hopefully they come to fruition soon. And when they do, this will be one of the first places I announce it, I promise. But I digress, going back to Haunted Places. Uh, Haunted Places is a uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal sometimes. You know, there are uh, a lot of places that it is the place itself. It isn't just the people that were that passed away there. So with that being said, let's get into these Haunted Places. So some locations simply seem to to uh, lend themselves to hauntings, perhaps due to the dramatic or grisly events that occurred there in the past. Over the centuries, sightings of spectral armies have been reported on famous battlegrounds around the world, uh, including important battle sites from the uh, English Civil War in the 17th century, the bloody Civil War battlefield at Gettysburg, and the World War I sites in uh, Gallipoli near Turkey and the Somme near France. Other places that uh, are particularly active and the center of paranormal uh, activity is the uh, Queen Mary Cruise, which is a ship built in 1936 that uh, was built through the White the, the Cunard White Star Line, serving in the British Royal Navy in World War II. The uh, 81,000 ton ship uh, retired in Long Beach, California in 1967. Uh, there's so many other places. The Queen Mary has been notorious for... Uh, the voyage and his chief engineer is John Smith in the Pocahontas story. So there are quite a bit of places, uh, major cities. There's New York, which, uh, it's especially rich with ghost stories all over the place. Uh, the spirit of Peter, uh, Stuvet, uh, Stuyvesant and in the, in the uh, city's last Dutch colonial governor. If you don't know that there's a place called Bedford Stuyvesant and Stuyvesant is actually named after Peter, uh, that's in Brooklyn. Uh, there has been, you know, the stomping grounds of the East Village. Uh, that was his death was in 1672. The author of Mark, the author of Mark Twain, is believed to haunt the stairwell of the one-time village apartment building, while the uh, ghost of the poet Dylan Thomas is said to sometimes occupy his usual table in the West Village White Horse Tavern, where he drank a fatal 18 shots of scotch in 1953. Uh, perhaps the most famous ghost in New York is of uh, Aaron Burr, who served as the vice president of Thomas Jefferson and is best known for killing Alexander Hamilton in a duel in 1804. Burr's ghost is said to roam the, uh, the streets of the old neighborhood, also the West Village. Burr, Burr's spectral activity is focused particularly on one restaurant, one if by land, two if by sea, which is located in a barrel in a, uh in a Barrow Street building that was once Burr's carriage house, right? So, I mean, this is all awesome stuff. So, like I said, there is more There is more to this than just uh, more than meets the eye, shall we say. 
there's so many different things that <clears throat> that take place while while this is happening, you know? Uh, what, what do we got here? We have uh, Eric is saying, General Patton, let's bring it up for everybody. General Patton said he fought in many battles in Europe in Roman times. And then it says Europe, I meant, right? We also have Crystal, before we go into the story, say, my two childhood homes were also haunted. Uh, people's energy stay around. It's, it is awesome. It is awesome, Crystal. There's so many, you know. And here's another thing that, like, we should be definitely let people. Well, we should we should talk about this on a different show too. But when we talk about hauntings, there are actual spiritual hauntings, and then there's like energy resonance which is where energy is left over after a specific event or a tragic death or, or torture or some type of mayhem. There is an energy that is released while that person is being tortured. And it ends up being, it resonates through the room and stays there long after the act or this horrific thing actually happened. So, you know, it's, there, there is a difference between these types of hauntings, but, but there is, you know, it, it's not easy to uh, basically decipher between it sometimes because the, the essence of one and the actual spectral of another could be uh, coincide with each other, you know? So one of the things that I wanted to do was I went into Google and I looked up ghosts in the ancient world. So by doing that, I have an article that talks about ancient history and ghosts. And then I also found another one with, uh, from a place called, I'm going to go over where they're from too. But I also have 10 ghost stories that will haunt you for your life. So I've got quite, a, I've got some good stories here that we're going to go over, you know, but, you know, it, it goes back to, this is actually, um, the site that I used is uh, uh, ancient.eu slash ghosts. So it's basically just the site is called Ancient, and uh, you could become a member. It's a great site. I use this for a lot of my stuff, you know, and uh, I feel that doing your proper research is always the best thing to do. So I try, like I said, I try and coincide a bunch of articles, but there's an excerpt from this that I wanted to read before we go into the stories that are on it we already talked about how the ritual is the ritualistic the ritual is the ritualistic uh basically burial which hoping that they don't you don't come back you know that your spirit lays to rest but what this article does is it goes through a flow so let's, i'm going to read this for you the appearance of ghosts of the departed, even those of loved ones, was rarely considered a welcome experience. The dead were supposed to remain in their own land and were not expected to cross back over to the world of the living. Right? When such an event did occur, it was a, it was a sure sign that something was terribly wrong. And those who experienced a spiritual encounter we're expected to take care of the problem in order for the ghost to return to its proper place. The understanding was so prevalent that ghost stories can be found 
with very similar themes in the ancient cultures of Mesopotamia, Egypt, Greece, Rome, China, and India, as well as regions of Mesoamerica and the Celtic lands of Ireland and Scotland, ghosts are also depicted in the Bible in much the same way as they were in the early Roman works. The following is by no means a comprehensive treatment of the subject. Many books have been written on the belief in ghosts of the cultures that are mentioned and the many that are not. The purpose of this article is to merely provide readers with a basic concept of the afterlife and the belief in ghosts in the ancient world. And there's a reason why I stress this, right? So let me take another sip of this and then we'll get to that. But So in these ancient worlds, right, there was the place that you went after death. There was the afterlife. It was classified. There were some places that had a denomination of what hell would be and some denominations of what heaven would be. Or they basically thought that you just went to the other side. The other side is is the afterlife. Now, they would say that there are specific in ancient Rome and Greece and Greece or Greek culture. There were portals. There were places that they could literally travel to to get to the underworld or the afterlife. And they were usually in the mouths of caves by uh, seismic, seismic, seismically active volcanoes, um, very dark places, whether it be in uh, lush vegetation. I mean, this these people literally thought that if they passed through these portals that they would end up in a place on the other side. Why they thought that, we don't know. But... It's fascinating to look at because there's even mythos like uh, Perseus and uh, he went to the other side to battle Hades or I believe that was the right one. Hades or uh, his uncle at the time. Right. So they have a different way of looking at these things. Now we know that these entities, these uh, ghosts, whatever you may call them, are trying to pass along messages back then. When you saw a ghost, and if this was ancient Rome or Greece, you would think that the apocalypse is coming. So these sightings were so prolific to them that it changed everything that they did on a daily basis. Like if you were just, let's say you were a farmer, you were farming the land, farming the land. Then all of a sudden you saw a ghost. Now you uproot everything you have. You travel out of the area and you think that it's end times. You think that it's the world is going to end. All the ghosts are going to cross over. Demons are going to come. They're going to kill everybody. The gods are smiting us with their wrath. There's so many different explanations for it. I apologize. My nose is running a little bit. But so when we're going through these stories, if they sound a bit dramatic, you have to understand that at this time, in this time period for some of these stories, some are not. But some of these stories with the time period that we're talking about, it was a dramatic instance. It was something that was seen as super bad, like super bad, right? So we're going to start with ghosts in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is one of the first cultures that uh, had written history. Um, there was a lot of speculation of if it was the first uh, 
like we all we all know that there's ancient Sumer, but they used like a cuneiform. These people actually had a decipherable language, Mesopotamia, that people could, as a culture, that we could define and we could look at and study. So, <clears throat> in Mesopotamian culture, death was the final act of life, from which there was no return. The land of the dead was known by many names. Among them was the Irkala, the realm beneath the earth known as the land of no return, where the souls of the dead dwelt in a dreary darkness, fed off of dirt and sipped from mud puddles. Gross. There were other versions of this afterlife, such as the expressed in the works of Gilgamesh, uh, which is called the Netherworld, which the name of the title was the uh, Enkidu and the Netherworld, which is really awesome. You know, it gives kind of like a different uh, understanding of it. The existence was the final end for all the living. No matter how great or poor life they had lived, it was ruled over by the Dark Queen. Uh, uh, if I'm butchering these names, it's because I'm not Mesopotamian. I'm just going to put that out there. But Arishagal, Arishagal, all right? No soul was permitted to leave Irkala for any reason, not even a goddess, as the uh, exemplified in the poem, The Decent or The Descent of Inanna, in which the Queen of Heaven and uh, Eskarel's sister, Inanna, must find a substitute to take her place once she ascended back to the world of the living. Special uh, disposition, however, was given to the souls who needed to complete some kind of mission. Ghosts could appear to people on earth if it was thought that they needed to right some kind of wrong, right? Which actually uh, goes a lot with what we talk about now and what we what we look at for uh, when people say that they have a mission, or I'm going to show you a picture of uh, Ishkanana, whatever her name is, but you know, it's it goes along with what we were talking about, where there is a uh, a purpose. They come back and they want to give us a message. And my friend Melinda is an intuitive medium, and nine times out of ten, they have a message for her. When they come back, they have a message. So if you can't see her, there she is. That is uh, the queen of darkness. But she also has wings like an angel, but feet like a bird or owl, which means that she's wise. There's a lot of things we could take from this. What she's holding in her hand here is a disc, is the sun, right? So one hand is up. The other hand has the sun. I want to make sure you can see this. And what they're showing you with that is that she regulates the darkness and the light. So she is of both, okay, which is really, really awesome. A lot of people don't realize that that is, but it is really awesome. But just wanted to let you know that, you know, this is this is one of the reasons why we look into these things. And these depictions of what they look like are important to decipher what the stories are later on, right? So... <clears throat> Basically, going back to Mesopotamia, these appearances usually manifest themselves as some kind of sickness among the living. The scholar Robert D. Biggs writes, the dead, especially dead relatives, might also trouble the living, particularly if family obligations to supply offerings to the dead were neglected. Right? That was also a big thing in that culture was if you didn't sacrifice 
animals or uh, goods to the gods, you would be seen in a bad light, which means that there would be things upon you like sickness, death, things like that. So especially likely to return to trouble, to trouble the living ghosts of the persons who died of an unnatural death or who were not properly buried, for example, death by drowning or death on a battlefield. The doctors of Mesopotamia, known as the Ashu and the Esipu, employed spells that would placate ghosts, but before such treatment could begin, the doctor would ask the patient to honestly confess any sins that could have called the ghost forth from the underworld. Sickness in Mesopotamia was considered an outward manifestation of some sin that was being punished either by the gods or by the spirits of the departed and was always assumed to be at fault of the one who was ill until it was proven otherwise. Now, we know that this is a wild thing. You know, we know that these entities didn't, that they supposedly walked among men, these gods, right? So when you would get sick, they would say things like, well, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't give the offerings properly. There was so many, there was so much subtext to why things would happen to you. It wouldn't just be, you know, well, they're sick. No, you got sick because, or this, this bad happened to you because it had to do a lot to do with religious beliefs and gods. So it, it, there was a lot going on there, you know, and a lot of this played a part in every day. So <clears throat> here's how the process went, right? Upon one's death, a spiritual entity known as a Gidim was created, which maintained the personal identity of the deceased and traveled on to the land of the dead. It was this Gidimin that would return to haunt the living if proper attention had not been paid to funeral rites and burial if the, if you weren't buried right or an unlawful act involved in the person's death. And basically it would come back and point the finger at the accuser if you were killed by somebody. In this time they did kill at will, but there was ritualistic killing. There was killing in, right, in the right and also killing in the wrong. Certain deaths that were by murder were not considered to be antiquated as okay. There was bad, bad murder back then. So there's a lot of this stuff has to do with idiosyncrasies of the culture itself. I will do my best to uh, inform you of those. Now, people who know me know that I am super versed in history. If there's one thing that I know better than anything else, I mean, I was bad at math. English and writing is not my strong suit, even though I'm going to be writing for my website when it happens. I will have a proofreader to spell check and do the rest of it because I am not confident in that skill of my own. But my two skills are oration, which is talking, and history. History is what gave me my start <clears throat> in doing what I do. I love to explore what history is. So. apologize i am getting a little dry mouth so i'm going to drink this and i'm going to drink some water but while we take a quick break from doing what we're doing 
I mean, how are you guys tonight? Tell me in the comments how you guys are feeling. If it's even after it's the broadcast, I'll check it later. Uh, also, if there's anything that you want to see from us, you know, let me know. I'll do my best to get it on. And uh, if there's subjects that you want to tackle or you want me to tackle, leave me a message and we'll try and do a show about it. You know, if it's not here, I could do it on uh, my YouTube channel. But if it's not pertaining to a paranormal type of subject. So what we're going to do is we're, we're at the halfway mark right now. So before we keep diving into this information, I have to promote myself a little bit more. Um, because if I don't do this, then this stuff doesn't get out there. So even if you're watching this at a later date, we have multiple ways for you to get extra content. Uh, we have multiple ways for you to see extra episodes on my YouTube channel. In the playlists, I do also do episodes for another network that are not right in the beginning list as uh, you look on the page. You have to go into the playlists, right? So if you subscribe to that and you hit the notification bell, you're able to go to playlists. It's only open for my subscribers, usually. So when you go into there and you open up the playlist, what happens is you'll see Full Spectrum Universe and The Seer and The Scholar. The Seer and The Scholar is a show that I do with Melinda. And what, what it is is it's all the episodes from our first episode that we that our most recent episode down to the first. So if you're going to go into those lists, start all the way at the bottom if you want to start at the beginning. We also have a full spectrum universe uh, category where there right now is probably about 24 episodes. Uh, right now we're on episode 23 here, but there are others in there that I haven't numbered properly. And they're not also in the main list when you first go on the page. It's because they're done through Zoom on a different network, not like I, not like I do here. So with that being said, if you subscribe, you have access to all those. On top of that, we have even more content on top of that. We are a content machine. What we do is we create content all the time. I love content. I love putting stuff out there. In my opinion, maybe you don't care for it, but I love putting it out there whether you want to listen or not. So <clears throat> right now, and this is a deal that we're doing, right? I have approximately 12 extra episodes on Patreon. So you could binge watch 12 episodes on Patreon for only $2. And that's very little. There's other levels where you can have other options available to you. Uh, we'll go over the highest level in a minute. But for only $2, not only do you fund the machine to help us do more and uh, basically expand and get more content, bring people in studio to do stuff, it helps us grow. And the more we grow, the better we get for you guys. So with that being said, for only $2 a month, you have access to every video extra that's not on the mainstream sites like YouTube or uh, we just started a, a Twitch. We have Discord for uh, a chat site now too. We're also on BitChute. So BitChute has everything. It even has our PayPal. Um, so... With all that being said, for only $2 a month, which isn't a lot, which means that Patreon will take 20% of that probably, so I'll get $1.80 a month, you'll get every extra episode that is entitled to every, to anybody who has a, a subscription service with us. If you don't like Patreon, we have the same thing on Subscribestar. A lot of people already have uh, affiliation with one or another, 
So we do have it on both, right? Now, for both places, we also have this as well. I know it only says subscribe star, but we are looking for people to help us grow at the same time. We want to help you while you help us. We want to, we, we need endorsements. Endorsements help us put out more content, get more people on board to help with curating the content. So if you have a small business for a hundred dollars a month, which is a lot less than any penny saver ad or mostly any internet ad that you can run, I will on air read your advertisement twice. And if you have a video to go along with it, we will play your video at the same time. It'll be at the very beginning of the episode. So everybody sees it and anybody who sticks around towards the middle, will do it again. And if you wanted a third read on it, we can also work that out too. That'll be also, but this is only for very small startup businesses because I know that people out there are trying to create these businesses and give them a little bit of lift. This show uh, it is playing on this channel, but with all of the places that we are broadcasting, uh, upwards of 20,000 people to 40,000 people see these episodes. Not only this episode on the other network, we reach even further uh, because they have 62 platforms. Right now, I am I have access to all of those platforms. So we do do uh, – we have a lot of reach to get people to help out. So – what we'll do is we'll give, you know, you give us a promo code, we'll put it out there, you know, we'll try and give them new deals that you guys have as well. So it doesn't matter what your business is, reach out to me. We can talk. If it, if the hundred dollars doesn't work for you, reach out to me anyway. Uh, I'm flexible. I want to help you. If you help me, we can all help each other and we can all grow together. So also with that being said, if you're watching this on YouTube or on a different, uh, network or a different group on Facebook, please go to RU Media Network. Uh, right now I have, uh, I think it's like 580 of my friends have already liked and followed it. We're up to, I think, almost close to 3,500 people following and liking it. We're trying to get to 5,000. Please come and like it. We have so many great shows on this channel and on this network. The content is awesome. They also have a YouTube channel, which is linked to there, where you can sh see shows like that star Adam Kimmel and his group called Resident, Un you know, the Resident Undead, which is RU Media Network. It is oh, got over 120,000 views on YouTube. It is an exceptional show, exceptional show. We also have Our Haunted Minds on the RU Media Network, and Our Haunted Minds is Dave Oliver and Eric McGill. They are the uh, producers and uh basically the, the owners of RU media network and <clears throat> i owe them everything when it comes to being put on so i'm going to put them out there too our haunted minds has uh i believe that there is one episode up right now a second one is coming if not it's already up if this is a little late i haven't seen it yet tremendously amazing show if you like paranormal you'll like this show that's just there's no two ways about it no two ways about it so you know, we also have a uh, a full spectrum universe, you know, group on Facebook. You can join that. So, you know, it's it's a it, there's a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot of exclusive content. Please help us, and then you get a lot of extra for that help. That two dollars goes a long way. I know money is tight, times are rough. Uh, we're all sitting home doing nothing. Why not? 
fill up that time with a little bit of extra content. Everybody loves extra content. If you like what we do, then you'll enjoy that too. So with all that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment. We're going to hit the vape. We're going to take a sip of coffee. And then we're going to get right back into it because that's what we do here. We are nonstop two hours straight of me talking. Um, one of the funny things I like to do, talk about, too, is uh, after I finish doing this for two hours when it's just me, it's uh, my girlfriend's like, oh, you're quiet. Oh, I just talk for two hours. It's, this is a lot harder than it looks. I can talk forever. I find it a bit easier because I'm just a chatty Cathy. It's just who I am. But, you know, you go horse after a little while. But, and this doesn't help either. So, I hope everybody's enjoyed so far. We have our marquee board called Ghost in History. If you guys don't know, I am the ultimate outsider. I classify myself as the ultimate outsider. I don't fit any description or any... uh any group, any narrative, I am the ultimate outsider. I like to call people who watch the show the outsiders because if you're here, you think like me. So we all think outside the box. I truly admire that. It's commendable. I hope you guys enjoy all that we do here. So let's keep going. <clears throat> so now we know that Gidim is created, which is basically your soul outside of your body, right? So these spirits would be punished by the sun god Shemesh for having their funeral offerings taken for them and awarded to the Gideon who had no one to remember them by on earth. So if you were alone and you didn't get the funeral, you were offered a sacrifice to the sun god as your Gideon, which is wild. This is a wild, this is a wild thing. So, and I know this sounds crazy, but what we're doing is we're exploring what a ghost is in each of these ancient cultures. Because when we look back at these ancient cultures, a lot of what they dictate as a ghost goes into a lot of the beliefs that we have today. They shaped a lot of what leads to what we believe entities are. You know, these are like the uh, draft drawings that an architect would do before he goes to the final draft. That's the house itself. You know, this is like the buildup to what we do today. So uh, personally, I think it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. And now we're going to go into Egypt, right? We're going to explore these ancient cultures. And if we have some time, excuse me, we'll go into uh, the stories. We may not hit the stories. We can always get them next time. Right now we're dealing with uh, what it is. We're learning together is what we're doing. And I, I appreciate learning. I hope you do too. Instead of coffee, I went for water that time. So <clears throat> in ancient Egypt, the return of a ghost was also considered a very serious matter. For the Egyptians, uh, non-existence was an intolerable concept. It was believed that at death, the soul traveled to the Hall of Truth, where it was judged by Osiris. And the judge and the 42 judges, by having its heart weighed in balance with a white feather of truth. If the feather was found lighter than the, if, if the, hold on, if the heart was found 
lighter than the feather, the soul proceeded on to the afterlife. While if it was heavier, it was thrown to the floor where it was eaten by a monster and the soul would cease to exist. <laughs> That's where we get the Lieber scale. If nobody knows what the Lieber scale is, it's sins and forgiveness. Sins and forgiveness. In many religions, your duty to man and your giving is supposed to outweigh your taking. There are so many philosophies about this in modern history or modern theology that, you know, it's it's crazy. It, it's wild. Jason said, biblical times, a ghost was viewed as an angel, especially by Hebrews. In some instances, yes. In some instances, no. In, some, in the Newer Testament, which was the Old Testament, which is what he's talking about, angels were, uh, they were seen as an apparition sometimes. But nine times out of ten, when they talk about an angel, it, it was physical. They're physically there. They can touch them. They can kiss their feet. They can talk to them. It's a little bit more interaction, which is where aliens, I think, have more to do with extraterrestrial, uh, has more to do with angels than apparition. But it's pretty crazy how they coincide with each other, right? And I'm going to tell you why that is. We're going to keep going further into speculation. I know we're getting off track, but these rants is what makes this fun. So there's a lot of thought to what ghosts are. And I, every time I have a guest on, I ask them the same question. And I, I know I harp on this question a lot. It's what do you think they are? What do you think ghosts are? How do they get here? And why do they come back? It's the who? Why and why uh, and what, you know? So really what it comes down to is like if <clears throat> they say that ghosts, right? There's let me, let me let me let me rephrase that so I sound better when I say it. There's so many different things that ghosts could be, so many theories that tag ghosts that you know they go together. There's theories that they are deceased loved ones that come from the from another side and they come back to visit us to give us a message to tell us they're okay uh, but they're able to go back and forth and anybody knows who knows a haunting is when you go and see these hauntings or these places where hauntings have happened, you don't always get signs of ghosts because ghosts can't stay in the same place all the time are around people all the time. They have to go back and forth. They have to go there. They have to come back. You know, it's it's different. It's different. So there are other theories that are a little bit more extreme, which I'm not saying I agree with, but it's really cool to look at them, right? Some people say that there are parallel universes all around us at all times. They all have differences and similarities, some more similar than some, some very different, right? <clears throat> People say that ghosts or apparitions are sometimes a different dimension or universe giving us a glimpse into this one, which is where some shadow people, they say, come from, 
Now, here's why that makes sense, and here's why it doesn't, right? It doesn't make sense because these apparitions are supposed to be ones of, of people who have passed. But if there are other dimensions with slight similarities and major differences, it could literally be any time period in that dimension. So the next dimension over could be 1955, but we're in 2010 or 2012. It could be 67 BC when we're in 2340. So there is a lot that goes with that. And we can go into that all night long. You know, we can go into it all night long. What, what exactly is uh, a ghost or what a ghost could be or, you know, what, there's so many, there's so many, so many different things that we could talk about like that. So rather than go into all of them, we just touched on a few. So you understand that <clears throat> there's so many different levels to this and there's so many different layers into why it happens and how it happens. But knowing these historical facts kind of sets you on the path to explore further. The one thing I always say to people too is history repeats itself. If you want to know the future, right, just explore the past. Easy enough, right? Easy enough. When they, when they say history repeats itself, they don't talk about exact instances. They talk about the way things were or viewpoints during those time periods repeat themselves because... History is always done through perception, right? History is written down through the eyes of somebody who perceived it in front of them. So you could have 72 different people write down the same event. It'll always come out different. Always. Subtle differences. And that's because what happens is they dictate that view through their perception. When they dictate that through their perception, you know, it, it becomes a different story altogether almost. So there's a lot that goes along with it, you know? So <clears throat> let's get back to Egypt and the judges. So one's heart would be lighter if one live, had lived a good life and heavier if not. The afterlife was known as the field of reeds, which was a mirror image of one's life on earth in Egypt. One would enjoy the house one knew, the stream by that house, one's favorite tree, dog, and there was no reason for that soul to want to return to earth unless that soul had a very good reason for doing so. So here's, and I'm going to show you a picture of Osiris real quick so you understand who these people are. Now, here's one thing I have to say about this too, that do you notice what it said? Do you notice, uh, this is all about exploring, right? So while we're talking about it, let's let's talk about it. There's Osiris right there. Osiris is pretty cool, but you see he's got that cane in his hand. That's the great god, the great Egyptian god. So let's talk about this now, right? Let's get back to it. If 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 you go to that afterlife in Egypt and they're giving you the same house. They give you the same people, the same dog, the same river you live by. And it's a mirror image. Wouldn't that constitute as you going back to the place that maybe you were before? 
could they like are they trying to fool this person into haunting these other people because if they if they go somewhere in the afterlife where they live as they did on earth <clears throat> is that really like the afterlife that you would want they would have a reason to go back because they would want to talk to somebody or you know there's so many there's so many different ways you can look at that is that mirror image mean that they are actually walking on the like a mirror image and is that mirror image like let's say that this is the two planes right here is earth and here's the afterlife the mirror image so when one is walking around the mirror image are they seen on the earth plane because it's they coincide with each other who knows who knows who knows pretty cool stuff but that would mean that there wouldn't be a need for portals or anything like that so there's a lot of abstract thinking when it comes to this and the Egyptians, you know, it was a pretty, pretty rough culture. I'll tell you that. So, so basically, you know, there was the reed, uh, the field of reeds, which was their afterlife. Then uh, there is like, there's a lot of story where people would meet with Osiris and they wouldn't pass the test, right? And they wouldn't pass the test. Uh, they would plead with Osiris to let them go back. And Osiris, you know, there's more to that. So there is, uh, there's also two different religions when it comes to Egypt. There is more that's in the beginning. So let's go to Greece and Rome now, right? In the ancient Greece, in ancient Greece, the afterlife consisted of three distinct realms. When one died, a coin would be placed in one's mouth to pay the chair and ferryman to take them across the river Styx. The river's name was Styx. This coin wasn't payment exactly. It was much as a sign of respect between the soul, uh, a sign of respect between the soul and the gods. The greater value of the coin, the better seat the soul got on the Charon's boat. So the bigger the coin, the better that the soul got to move towards the better afterlife, I guess. So our better seat in Sharon's boat, which means you got there faster also as well. Once the soul was on the other side, one would pass by the three-headed dog, the Sebris, and then stand before the three judges to give an account of the life one had lived. When the story had been told and the judges conferred, one would give up a cup of water from the river Lath, the waters of forgiveness, and one would forget one's former life on earth. <clears throat> the, the judges would then assign the soul a location. If you had been a warrior and who died in battle, you went to the Elysian field, which were a paradise. If you had been a good person, you went to the plain of uh, Ashfordel. Also, it was also pleasant. If you had been a bad person, then you went to the darkness of Tartarus. The soul would remain until it was it had atoned for the sins of one's life. No soul was condemned to eternity of damnation. The soul in Tartarus would become elevated to the plain of, of Asphodel in time. As in cultures of the Mesopotamia and Egypt, uh, souls were not expected to return to earth for any reason, but sometimes they still did. The basic paradigm was adopted by the Roman culture who held a much more deep-seated belief in the gods than the Greeks. So <clears throat> let's let's look at this in detail, right? There was three levels of afterlife. 
No need for anybody to go back. But they had a demonic side, I guess you could say. We, you know, when people are out there in the field now, they encounter demons. Now, there's also three levels here that they say if you're into faith, there's three levels that they talk about here. There's hell, heaven, and purgatory, the middle. So when the middle, we don't really know what that consists of. Not a lot of people talk about that. We have seen demonic like we have seen demonic things come back, and we have seen uh, beings of heaven come back or light beings. Hence the duality of man, the light and dark. So even back then they understood that. But while your soul was in Tartarus or Tartus, could it come back to haunt those? To you know, there's always a to haunt those of, of this plane, but there's always a God in charge of each one of these planes. So doing work for the God of Tardis, which was the afterlife for bad people, would a mission of yours be to go back to earth and do demonic things? So now we see where a lot of uh, Catholicism gets some of their traits from these older cultures, but these older cultures also dictate some of the things that we do now and the paradigms that we see while out on investigations in the paranormal. So, you know, this that's why I keep going back to these things. To know the past is to know more of your present and your future. I firmly believe that. <clears throat> so, you know, as we go through all this stuff, it, it's incredible to see what, you know, what, what these people are really talking about and what they go through. So, as we go further, uh, there was a lot of um, different uh, things that were written during the Roman and Greek times, which was more uh, along the lines of people getting like making uh, playwrights and stories and epitomes and philosophies. So in the comedy of uh, Mos Australia, The Haunted House, the Roman, play the Roman playwright, Palladius tells the story of how a rich uh, Athenian merchant named, this is Theopropidus, goes away on business and leaves the operation of his son, of his home to his son. Uh, There's so many weird names. Philochus sees his father's absence as an opportunity to enjoy his life to the fullest instead of proving himself a responsible steward and borrows a large sum of money to buy the freedom of a slave girl he loves. So he spends even more money to throw a grand party for all his friends at his father's home. All is going well when Philochus, uh, with for him until his slaves, uh, Chirino, tells him that he just had just gotten that Theoprotus, the father, I'll just call him the father, is returning unexpectedly from his trip and will soon be home. The son panics not knowing what to do with his guests or how he'll explain his enormous expenses but the slave assures him all will be well he locks the son and his guests in the house and meets the father outside telling him that he cannot enter because the house has been found to be haunted he tells the father that a ghost appeared and the son uh, uh, to the son in a dream in the dead of the night and with torches uh, were still lit, he informed him that he was murdered in the house long ago by his villainous host who killed him for his gold. This would 
just kind of goes along the lines of all hauntings that we see is, you know, some kind of crazy, uh, torturous event that leaves the soul to roam there. So even back then, they understood that, which to me is extraordinary. I mean, it's fascinating to me that, that even back then they knew that these specific types of instances would leave people to be left behind in a soul form, you know? So the slave says to that the corpse of his murder of this murdered man is still uh, hidden in the house and is dangerous for anyone to enter. The father believes the story without question and uh, despairs of where he will live now. A moneylender then shows up demanding payment on a loan that the son took out to buy the slave girl. And the, uh, another slave explains that this was done to buy the house next door since the son, uh, since the father, since the father's old home was uh, now uninhabitable. Even when the, uh, the son goes next door and talks to Simo, the owner of the house, who denies that he sold it to the, uh, to the son, the father still shows no sign of doubting the ghost story. So, as you can see, right off the bat, the ghost story itself, it puts this man in such a place of despair. And you know what? That's that's kind of like common how we see people in ghost stories now. Sometimes when they haunt certain places, you know, that have been in these people's families for years, they want to get rid of it right away or they want to explore it. There's two options to that. You know, some people don't just live with hauntings. They want to either explore why they're being haunted or they want to get rid of the house and move on, which is how a lot of these specific houses that like uh, the Hinsdale house and a lot of these other houses actually uh, came into existence now, you know? So there's a lot that goes along with that. So I'm going to actually grab some more coffee. So give me two seconds. But while we're doing that, this is, uh, they're now accepting vendors for uh, the cons that they do at RU Media Network. I would suggest that you look at this and get on board. It's going to be like a family event. All right. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Had to refresh. Had to get the coffee going. You guys know once you talk like this a lot, it really makes it difficult to uh, to go with that. We're going to actually turn the, the board white for a little while. Let's see if we can. There we go. Now you can see it. Now it's a lot easier to see. So they understood that there was two options. The option was you got rid of the house or... You stayed with it, explored it, and tried to fix it. Back then, superstition ran rampant. So what they did is they they got rid of the house. Now, so we've gone through a little bit of the Roman stuff and a lot of the history. <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to talk about histories or stories, I apologize, stories that will haunt you for the rest of your life is pretty much what we're going to look at now. We've gone over some of this stuff and how these people see all, this, all of these uh, specific things. So let me pull up the stories, and we're going to go over them. Uh, you can do further research past that point, 
which is really awesome. Oh, thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. Welcome back. I have to get coffee, man. I gotta, I gotta make sure that, uh, you know, gotta make sure that I can uh, speak with the the hot helps me maintain my voice. So basically, we have the first ghost story comes from 1200 BC, and it's a ghost story from Egypt. And in 1915, an Egyptologist by the name of uh, Gatson Maspero published a translation of an ancient Egyptian story. And it was possibly set in Luxor, which is ancient Thebes, shown above. We'll show you in a minute. Uh, and it was discovered on four pieces of pottery. So as you can see, there wasn't a lot of paper back then. So they used to put different things on cave paintings or cave, you know, they would carve something out in the caves. They would put it on pottery. So <clears throat> it's pretty crazy, but it's also... Uh, in the story, a ghost of a mummified man tells a high priest of a good uh, a moon about his current condition, which is truly, truly crazy. So this is translated from uh, Maspero, and it says, I grew, and I did not see the rays of the sun. I did not breathe the air, but the darkness was before me every day, and no one came to find me, the ghost says. Right, so the ghost sees, uh, seems to complain about some of the uh, accident that has happened to himself and to his tomb, but cannot make out what is the subject of his dissatisfaction. This is what Mespero he writes this. The ancient Egyptians believed strongly in the afterlife and created a series of spells called the Book of the Dead, which they believed to help them reach the afterlife. So. Basically, in his story, the ghost talks about he doesn't know how he got there inside of the tomb. Uh, he's supposed to be in the afterlife. He doesn't know why he's not there. Uh, he's displeased that people had disrupted his tomb at the time, too. There was a lot of tomb raiding back then. When somebody would die, that what they would do is they would raid their tomb for their gold. And it was a big, big deal. You know, there was a lot of stuff that, you know. Papyrus, yes, Papyrus was there as well to write on. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes to show that there was a lot of ill begot back then as well. And, you know, sometimes these ghosts would come back. And now that we're reading into the stories a little bit more, you see that sometimes when we encounter ghosts on investigations, they don't know where they are. They don't understand why they're there. So this ghost dating back to 1200 B.C. was actually in the same uh, situation. He didn't understand. He didn't know why he was there. He didn't understand his surroundings. He didn't know anything. He was confused. So at that point, you know, there was probably nobody there to help him cross to the other side again either. You know, so there's a lot of things that, that happen during these uh, encounters that that really like you'll you'll when we go into the stories more, you'll see more of what I'm talking about. So the next story that you're going to want to check out is called The Ghost of Tupo. And this is, this is a cool one. I like this one. The Ghost of Tupo is also an older story. And the Ghost of Tupo was an ancient Chinese ghost with revenge on his mind. <clears throat> Before he died, Tupo served as a minister to the Chinese emperor. The Chinese emperor's name was Hu Xuan. He lived in 827 B to 783 B.C. The two had a disagreement, and Hu Xuan had Tupo killed 
in about 786 BC, despite warnings that Tupo could come back to haunt him. Tupo did a lot more than haunt the emperor. Three years later, in, uh, three years later, in 783 BC, Husan was killed with an arrow fired by an apparition resembling Tupo in front of an assembly of the feudal lords. The Chinese philosopher wrote Mao Tzu, who lived in 470 BC to 391 BC. Translation by Yai Po Min from the Complete Book of Ghosts by Paul Rowland, which is, you know, <clears throat> basically, this is an instance of uh, a ghost coming back and being the cause of some kind of physical harm to these uh, somebody that it was mad at or basically got in its way, which is another thing that we can see uh, during some paranormal investigations now, you know, it's, it's wild that people get pushed, they get pulled, they, they get scratched. There is a physical element to it. And this is, this is stating just that. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool to see that, that even back then, these stories and the same things that we find now coincide with back then. This is why I love history. This is why I love history. Because of these specific facts, right? These specific facts are just, they're tremendous. They're tremendous. So as we keep going, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot more to uncover. So let's keep going. We talked earlier about a chained man in ancient Athens, right? So here's the actual story. Uh, let's get a little bit deeper into the story, I guess you could say. So a Roman senator by the name of Pliny, the younger who died in 113 AD, told a ghost tale so haunting that it survived to this day. There was an Athens there was at <clears throat> Athens a large roomy house which had a bad name so that no one could live there. In the dead of the night a noise resembling clashing of iron was frequently heard which if you listen more attentively sounded like the rattling of chains disturbances that led to the appearance of the specter form of an old man of extremely emaciated and squilled appearance with a long beard and disheveled hair rattling chains on his feet needless to say the house was abandoned and had to be rented out for a cheap price when a philosopher named arthodonus heard the story he reportedly rented the house and confronted the ghost the ghost appeared and rattled above, uh, rattled around before vanishing. Athendorus calmly marked the spot where the ghost vanished and in the morning ordered the spot to be dug up. The story goes. This was accordingly done and a skeleton of a man in chains was found there for the body having uh, lain in considerable time in the ground was petrified and moldered away from the chains. After being given a proper burial, the ghost disappeared and the house was haunted no more according to Pliny's tale. This is a translation from Pliny the Younger and it was in the Harvard Classics from 1909 to 1914. So, with all that, as we see, we keep going, right? Now, this is where we get into the land itself. When people... Like if we're looking at ancient Indian burial grounds, those tend to be haunted more than some of the other places. So, you know, land has something to do with it. As you can see, 
you know, the this the land itself was where this man was buried. Therefore, he haunted this land. We find that a lot now in the investigations that we do because the land has a lot to do with, or the uh, the the place has something to do with a horrific accident and or something that was left behind that causes the haunting in the first place. Do you see what we're doing here? We're literally going through history and we're labeling every aspect that you look for while doing a historical run back or during an event. There's so many parts of investigations that are in these stories that culminating them all together is what gives you the whole investigation. Do you see where we're headed now? This is why this stuff is so interesting. This is why it's just so awesome. This is why is you know, I love going through this stuff. To me, it's spectacular. This really is an incredible, incredible thing. So we're going to keep going. We got about 20 minutes left. <clears throat> so let's keep going. This one is called the boarded up bathhouse, right? So now we're coming in into a little bit more of the modern times, not so much. I mean, it's closer, but it's actually uh, by the writer of Plutarch, who lived from 45 AD to 120 AD. And he tells a ghost story that has this uh, a much sadder ending than the one from the Athens. In the city of uh, Traoronia, Greece, can't speak, I can't even pronounce that right, but whatever the case, there was a boy named Damon who attracted the attention of a Roman military commander who apparently loved him. Historical rec records suggest Damon refused the commander's advances in raging him. If you've heard this, this is, this is one of those stories that sticks out to you. Uh, knowing that he would be killed if he did nothing, Damon got a group of friends together and ambushed the Roman commander and several other Roman soldiers, killing them. The city council of Chironia condemned Damon and his friends to death. After the proclamation, Damon, who had not been killed, had the council members killed as well, right? So Damon and his friends took to the countryside, plundering it. Eventually, the townspeople allowed Damon to return, and he was killed shortly afterwards in a local bathhouse. After a long while thereafter, certain phantoms appeared in the place, and groans were heard there, as our fathers tell us, the door of the vapor bath of the vapor bath was walled up, and to this present time, the neighbors think it is the source of alarming sights and sounds. Planchet wrote, "This is a translation from Loeb Classics Library of 1914." Now, to this day, this place still stands, and it's still boarded up. To this day. So, and there's still activity that they feel is happening in this place. So it's pretty crazy that this is this is one of those ones that transcends that transcends all of the AD, which is Anno Domini. All of from, from zero AD to 2020. For so for 2020 years, this place has been haunted. It transcends time. That's pretty wild to me. That's pretty wild. So, you know, when places, these places can be explored, 
But until it's figured out how to help these specific entities out, they will be there for this foreseeable future. Now that it's boarded up, nobody can go in it. Even to this day, they won't let you inside. But here's the funny thing. Do you notice how a lot of this stuff is happening in Greece? A lot of these hauntings are happening in Greece. There is a tremendous, tremendous ley line in Greece. There is a specific ley line that runs straight through Greece, right? With that being said, you know, it's it's incredible. It's incredible that this haunting persists on happening. Hi, Sam. How you doing? Thank you for joining us tonight. So, guys, what do you think? We went over to the uh, Tower of London. There's a story here of the Tower of London. Britain has numerous castles or hotspots for ghosts. As uh, our friend said before, one of the comments, Jason, he said before that there, you know, there was also somewhere else that was haunted. So, uh, the 900-year-old Tower of London is said, Tower of London is said to contain numerous ghosts, and the Queen's house is considered by tower officials to be the one that is most haunted of the locations among the ghosts in the queen's house is that arabella stewart cousin of king james arabella made the mistake of marrying against the king's wishes and was sent to the tower as punishment according to the ghost story she's still serving her time there's more in another spooky tale a phantom bear is said to haunt one section of the tower of london called the Martin Tower. A guard who saw the phantom bear is said to have dropped dead from the shock. The Tower of London has served as a menagerie for part of its history and held a variety of animals, including bears. Here is really something that's wild. <clears throat> I'm very good, Sam. Thank you. We have heard instances of horses, coyotes, wolves, bears, there are instances of where animal spirits roam specific areas. So a bear is also part of ancient Navajo and ancient uh, Native American spirit animals. They call it that because these spirits roam after the fact. That's why they're spirit animals. That's why there's the buffalo, the wolf, the owl, the eagle, the bear. Melinda, my one of my co-hosts, will be able to tell you a lot more about that. She has more Native American than I do inside of in her blood, so she's gone through a lot of the uh, spiritual aspects of it. But at the same time, that's an, we could do a whole other show on Native American stuff. We'll, we we will we we're going to do that. We're going to get there. I plan on doing a lot more shows like this that bring you information. Uh, if you like this specific show that I've done tonight with this kind of information and this interests you, please leave it in the comments so we can, uh, you know, we can further do more shows like this at the behest of the audience, you know. If you guys like interviews more and talking to other people, we could do that too. Or we could do a 50-50 split. You know, I think that interviews are definitely a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of people. But at the same time, going over some of the stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about is also really interesting and a lot of fun at the same time, I think. You know, I'm, I'm not always right, but you know, it is what it is. So there's one about uh, <clears throat> the uh, the woods in Japan. It's called the Agakuharara 
Woods. I think I said that right. I think I actually did really well with that. Akiagara Woods, located at the foot of Mount Fiji in Japan. We've talked about this on other shows. Corpses of dozens of suicide victims have been found over the past two decades, right? And the forest has become a popular place for troubled Japanese citizens to end their life. So today there are signs in the forest urging people not to end their lives and asking them to seek help given the number of suicides that have occurred in the forest. Ghost stories abound, including several alleged encounters with apparitions of those who have died there, which can be even seen on YouTube, right? We all know about the suicide forest. The suicide forest is a place where people go to explore. Usually when they bring their equipment, it malfunctions, right? Also, some people don't want to go there with equipment in hopes that they don't catch somebody killing themselves on camera. In the Japanese culture, if you dishonor your family, they have, I don't know if this is still true. I haven't delved into this side of the Japanese culture too much. I try and look at the more, uh, the brighter aspects of it. But if you do a, a, a dishonor your family in such a way that they believe you shouldn't live anymore, you're supposed to go into the woods and kill yourself in some, some, some form or fashion. We don't condone this. This is a terrible thing. No matter how bad it gets, it's never that bad. Trust me. And there are, if you are thinking about committing suicide at any time, there are suicide hotlines or uh, preventative measures you can take. Hell, if you're not comfortable with that, if I can save a life and you can reach out to me at any time, I'll be more than happy to help in any way I can. Please don't take that. Please don't take that way out. You know, they say it's the easy way, but there's also a lot of people who will miss you, I'm sure. So it's you're, you're, you, it might be easy for you, but it'll be hard for them. But we don't want to see anybody hurt themselves in any way, shape, or form. So we don't condone it. I only bring it up to talk about this forest. But so there's one more that I want to talk about. I believe it's the last one. Well, no, there's quite a few. You know what we're going to do? We're going to save the rest of them for another time. We've got about 10 minutes left. Uh, death by suicide. Yep. Um. I don't know if you guys uh, caught all of it, but just to be just like on the out and out, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this type of show. It's, it's definitely different. I love doing this. We'd look at facts. We go into a lot of things that maybe we can, you know, converse at different levels. It's a lot of different stuff and uh, look at it from different point of views. I don't know if we're going to do a uh, show like this next week, or if we're going to have a guest, (laughs) excuse me, please go to our YouTube channel. And subscribe. Uh, if you know, we do uh, multiple shows a week, not just here. This is one of the uh, three shows that we do a week. So if you could please go there and uh, if we could, you know, if you guys could please, please, please subscribe for me. We're trying to beat the algorithm and get the numbers up. It's full spectrum universe. If you type it in, it'll be right there for you. Don't forget about all the offers that we have. We have tons of extra content. Go to patreon.com for $2 a month. You can uh, subscribe and get the extra content. Really, really great. So uh, we also want you to go to RU Media and please like and follow. We're trying to get to five thousand. We're currently at thirty five hundred. About great. There's a there, we have. They have great shows almost every night of the week. I mean, you can't go wrong. If you're into paranormal, you should be on this site. 
you should be on this page. I'm just going to put it to you like that, you know? So it's uh yeah, it's pretty much what we have for you tonight. Uh, any comments that we can, uh, Kumatara, if I remember correctly, what's that Jason? You said Kumatara. What's Kumatara? I'm not sure what you're talking about, but that's all right. What we're going to do is we're going to end the show. What I want to do is I want to thank everybody for coming. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I love these shows. My my background, I consider myself a historian, and that's actually what got me into the paranormal to begin with. So, you know, I, I want you to do me a favor and like and share this specific show. This show is the show that puts us out there because people love to listen to facts and history. History is a big deal, uh, you know. And hopefully, uh, you like I said in the beginning of the show, we've got a big big website coming out. If anybody you know is uh, a writer or aspires to be a writer in any subject, please have them contact me for when we set this website up. We're going to have our visual shows, our broadcasts and podcasts, but we're also going to be doing somewhat of either a newsletter or a site where we post articles like a newspaper so you can have all the different types of news that you like all over the place. We're going to do everything from... uh, paranormal ufology history politics science space you know it's uh uh that's what it was a ceremonial sword is kumatara awesome awesome fact jason thank you but if you know anybody that likes to write even if they haven't written anything for any kind of publication we're aspiring to be great and we can always help each other out they can write for me and what and the site therefore getting information and different types of uh different types of uh, like different types of point of views, you know, and everything that we're doing is going to be right down the middle, whether it be politics or paranormal, everything's going to be down the middle, looked at from multiple sides. We're going to encompass that in our writing. We're going to bring you news that you want to see. We know mainstream media has gone way off the rails and we're going to fill that void. The next step is for you to go out on the internet and find these smaller avenues to get the information that you're looking for, whether it be, uh, like I said, paranormal, ufology, politics, uh, current events. We're also thinking about doing a show as well that delves into political analysis and another different show that delves into what's happening in the world. You know, so with that being said, you can also leave in the comments if you'd like to see that kind of thing. Uh, we're going to keep it where we don't get banned off of sites because that seems, that seems to be the trend right now, that they want to get rid of everybody. So we're going to try and maintain whatever we can do that, uh, you know, that we can uh, that we can basically go and, uh, and put the news out there for you guys. And if you like this type of show, we actually have on the uh, Full Spectrum Universe, on the uh, Full Spectrum Universe YouTube page, if you go into the playlists, there are some shows where we go into political point of views. I do political analysis very – I am very – much in the realm of conspiracy theory and p- political analyzation, uh, the analytics of politics. If you know somebody who wants, who needs help with any kind of history, whether it be uh, doing a family tree or uh, locating specific points in histories, if you have uh, assignments coming up or just want information, we do offer services for that too. Um, we do have a PayPal. It is uh, paypal.com forward slash at, Rob Yox 2525, any donation that you could give us to help us basically further progress our, our operation here 
all that money that we get there is going to be put towards um, expanding, getting bigger and better. We're going to get people out in the field eventually. Uh, we're actually going to get a, some real studio space soon. Um, we're doing a lot of things. We're on the precipice of making that next jump forward. So with your help, hopefully it'll thrust us into the future. And uh, I am the ultimate outsider. You are the other outsiders that help me. And I will help you by giving you the info. So for all, all my outsiders out there, I am the ultimate outsider myself. I want to thank you all for being here. It's been a great show. You guys are a great audience. This is one of the most interactive shows on the internet today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. I hope you all have a great night. Enjoy your Saturday. And hopefully you enjoy your Thanksgiving too. I know there's mandates in certain places. Uh, if you follow it, if you don't, just make sure you fill the room with love. And, uh, you know, I, I really want people to enjoy themselves. I really hope everybody has a great night. And uh, let's move forward with this thing. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll have some even more news the next time we come on about the advancements we're going to be making. But just know that uh, you're all in my prayers. You're all in my heart. I love you all so much. And if anybody has any interesting stories and they want to come on the show, please contact me. Uh, you can full spectrum universe, whether it be a comment in the comment section. Uh, we have Rob Yox on Facebook. You can message me. Uh, tell me your story, man. I'm interested to hear, or, or ladies, I'm interested to hear it all. And if it's interesting, we'll put it out there. But thank you very much for joining us. Everybody have a great evening.